Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of Never Know, where we're going to give you all of the latest dating faux pas, terminology, our life experiences. Great stories. Yeah, and more. Stay tuned for the more. But on this episode, we just wanted to introduce ourselves and talk a little bit about uh, dating terminology that we had no idea existed. So, Chris, you want to tell everybody who you are? Yes. Hello, everyone. My name is Chris. I'm a Sagittarius um, living in Boulder, Colorado. I'm 33, single, never been married, and I don't have any kids except for my dog, of course. And so I am a never know. Mm-hmm. Kate? Yeah. So I am originally from Tennessee, now also live in Boulder, Colorado in our um neighborhood you've probably never heard of called Gun Barrel. Don't move here. We want to keep prices low. And (laughs) also, I am a never know as well. I'm also 33 and um, have a dog. So Chris and I are uh, pretty much in tune with one another. So what is a never know? Great question, Kate. Uh, You taught me and you learned it from your therapist, ex-therapist. So shout out to my ex therapist, um, Therabeth. And she talked a lot about, we talk a lot about relationships, obviously. Um, and there was always this sort of theme reoccurring in the men I dated. And she would say like, there's always a reason they're never, they're never know. And I was like, uh, what is that? And she was like, never married, no kids. And that just like rang true from the moment I heard it. And I was like, you're absolutely correct. There's always a reason that people, um, either men or women or never knows. And I would, I would hunch to say, I mean, you can question if you want to, that there's a very different reason that women in their thirties, millennial women are never knows versus men in their 30s. So all of us being elder millennials right. uh, is a punch gut to the gut <laughs> uh, that there's just really different reasons. So um, what do you what do you think about that? I mean, like the men you've dated. Yeah, I definitely think the good ones get taken. And if they've never been married and have no kids and they're in their 30s, well, it, it, yeah, then there's there's a reason that they're not taken. What do you think the reason is? I have my suspicions. Um, I think sort of a delayed growing up. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I have as well. I think they just are – they don't want to commit and they don't want to grow up. Yeah. What Why do, you, do think? you think that you're a never know? I think I'm a never know because – I love being alone mm-hmm. and I have so much anxiety about going on a date. I, <laughs> so that's why I'm not married. But I, I think I would like to be in a relationship. But I think just that part between being in in my pajamas on my couch watching Netflix and getting back to my couch watching Netflix next to someone like scares me so <laughs> yeah. much. Um, but I just love being alone and I, I don't feel like anything's missing. Yeah, I get that too. I um I think in my 20s for a long time, I felt like I don't know, like a rush to get married especially like growing up in the south yeah. where you're like weird if you're not married by like 24. Mm-hmm. Um and it took me I guess moving out of the south to kind of be and away from that circle that I grew up in to understand that 
I really love being alone. It's such a luxury. And like you told me the other day, like, is he really worth you missing out time alone when you could be like at home watching Netflix by yourself? (laughs) And I think that um, the older I get, like the more I value my time alone and I value time with my friends and people I love very much. So it is hard to um, start new relationships and sort of build from the ground up when it it does take a lot of work and mm-hmm. um, it leads to a lot of heartbreak and it leads to a lot of just um, fury. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, in my opinion, um, I think that most of the men I've dated in the past have been kind of like what you said. I just call it like Peter Pan syndrome. They've mm-hmm. taken a while yeah. to grow up and figure out what they want. Whereas like I am in my thirties now. And while I was a different person in my twenties and had a hard time, like setting boundaries and a hard time breaking up with people and would stay in relationships way longer than I should have, um, friendships included that, um, I really have learned to set boundaries and to own my time and to also, not really put up with bullshit anymore, you know? That's amazing. I haven't learned those things yet, so I look forward to learning those things from you. <laughs> but I can set boundaries as it's well. A lot of money in therapy. Oh, I hope, yeah, I'll get free therapy from you. <laughs> what are friends for? Yeah. Okay, so now that we have um, a, a firm foundation, I would say, about mm-hmm. what a never know is, and we'll talk more and more about that as we get going. Um, let's dive into some of the terminology we have learned um, over the process of starting this podcast and also diving headfirst into online dating um, here as well. So I will let you kick it off okay. um, with one of the definitions we just learned um, called... Uh, breadcrumbing. Oh yes, breadcrumbing. I read about this today. Breadcrumbing is when you send flirty but non-committal messages to a person when you're not really interested in dating them, but don't have the guts to break things off with them completely. I, I think I would do this. <laughs> uh, the breadcrumbee is strung along for the sake of sparing the breadcrumber a confrontation. Oh yeah, I definitely do this. It's like you don't want to break up with them. You don't want to end things. You don't have an awkward conversation. So you just text them enough mm-hmm. to string them along. Do you think that you do this because you don't like confrontation or do you think that you do this because you like um, like interacting with another human and you kind of want to know more about them or oh, the you don't want to hurt their feelings? The first one, I don't like confrontation. And, but I could see doing it um, to not hurt their feelings mm-hmm. and because just the thought of hurting them would hurt you. But the example, um, she replies to every third message I send her, like that's what I do. <laughs> and also just a bad texter. Yes, you are. I, yeah. will, I will affirm yeah. that. Um, yeah. So but I'm not breadcrumbing. I do, guys. I feel like <laughs> – I feel like um, – I kind of, I've done this in the past. I try to be a lot more upfront with people now, but mm-hmm. I think that it's really difficult um, when you're online dating to assess if somebody's actually really interested, mm-hmm. you know, or if they're just like, I guess breadcrumbing. I guess that yeah. is, is what would be happening on like 
Bumble or Hinge or Tinder or any of the, you know, noted all um, dating profile websites. Uh, it's just hard because there's so many people. You probably are talking to like three or four at least at one point. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's kind of hard to assess whether or not somebody's really interested if this is sort of the um, the tactic that they're taking. That totally makes sense. I think it's e- it's safer or better to breadcrumb in the beginning. That's okay if it's just kind of non-committal in the beginning. But after you've been on a few dates, if someone breadcrumbs you, then you should just end it. Mm-hmm. Either of you should just end it. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. Well, I have a, I have another one. Um, so this is one that we probably are like I already knew this, but I want to talk about it. Um, this is big dick energy. So Ooh, yeah. BDE. P. Davidson. Um, <laughs> and so just to remind our listeners, big dick energy is um, something only a small amount of people possess, actually, <laughs> uh, obviously. Um, and it's the quality of having supreme confidence without needing to be loud or controlling, a quiet understanding of who you are and what you bring to the table that doesn't require backtalk, bragging, bullshit, in short, someone with big dick energy is incredibly hot and more guys should try to emulate that. The truth is you can have BDE no matter what your penis size is, as long as you're comfortable with who you are. I would also, I would argue with this a little bit that one, you don't have to be super attractive to have big dick energy. Right. And two, you don't have to be male. I know a lot of females that I could say possess this kind of energy. Mm-hmm. And there's no acronym for that big boob energy, it's all big. energy. That's yeah true. it's just yeah. energy yeah it's not yeah I was thinking about that today it's really attractive when people are mature self-actualized they've been through something worked through it they're not holding on to it it's not like raw and on them they're, they're funny they're calm that's BDE mm-hmm. have you come across any instance where with a guy that there was an attraction and at the end of it you were like that guy has big big energy yes Yes. i think so i think um i think more so i've met men out in the wild apart from dating apps that have big dick energy and just are like you can tell they're just really charismatic they're kind they want everybody to be included yeah they're funny and they kind of just like They command a room without needing to command a room. Yes. That's how I would describe it. Um, Chill confidence. Yes. Chill confidence. I like that. I met this guy at a conference once years ago. I think his name was Alex. And he had BDE. He was just really calm, cool, collected. And there was like a hurricane. And it was in Florida. And I was leaving early um, to get a flight home. And he he just said something like, Oh yeah, you got to do what you got to do. And I was like, Oh, why is that such a cool thing to say? I'm like, yeah, I gotta, gotta go. Yeah. Gotta do what you gotta do. I do actually have to do what I gotta do. (laughs) Yes. Alex, who that may or may not be a real name. Yeah. Uh, all names are protected in this podcast. Um, yeah, it's hard because I feel like None of the men that I tend to match with, I will think that they have like big dick energy um, before I meet them. And then I go on a couple dates with them and then I'm like, ooh, you really, you don't. 
<laughs> you, you know, you have small dick energy. It yeah. just gets smaller the more you know. <laughs> hmm. Shrinking dick energy. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's sad. All right, moving on. Um, okay, we're going to talk about benching. Benching is similar to breadcrumbing. It's when you're not into someone enough to commit to officially dating them, but you don't want to. You don't want them to move on and find someone else. So you string them along just enough to keep them waiting on the sidelines for you. you put them on the bench. Um, something about a sports team. Okay. Um, she only ever seems to text me after I've given up on hearing from her. She's definitely benching me. Real world examples in that. Putting people on the bench. Putting people on the bench. So you're not dating an MVP. You're Mm -hmm. kind of dating the second string. And you're stringing them along with a chance of playing. I think, again, like breadcrumbing, I would just be afraid of the confrontation of breaking up with them. Um, So I would put them on the bench as like a... um, um, what's that in between earth and heaven? Purgatory. Purgatory. I would just put them in purgatory like for a little <laughs> while. <laughs> heaven would be me in this uh, example. And then, then send them back to earth. Okay. It's like a, like a cool down period. Fair. I feel like a lot of these, um, terminal like terms, uh, the vernacular of dating, if you will, um, are very, uh, similar. And I think benching is a little, similar to like ghosting and mm-hmm. gaslighting and things like that. So um, I have been benched many a time. I had this one guy and he would, it's weird because I feel like every single time he got out of a relationship, um, we're going to call him Ted. Uh, okay. Ted would text me just, Hey, how you doing? Every time you got out of a relationship. No, every time he got, he out, of got out of a relationship. And it's almost like what he would do the same thing. If I got our relationship, he would be looking, he'd be Mm -hmm. lurking, Mm -hmm. um, on my social profiles. And I guess just assuming, and, um, Ted would just be like, Hey, how you doing? Or, Hey, sup? I can't tell you how little effort that takes from a human being to just be like, Hey, sup? Like, yeah. What is that? You're grown. You're 38, Ted. (laughs) <laughs> like, <laughs> learn some, learn some, Hello, uh, how are you? How have you been? Full phrases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's your dog? Um, do you think he's texting everybody on the bench? Probably. Like eight people Probably he's like copy paste, yeah. copy paste. And he's just going He's down. warming up the bench. I don't know any sports analogies, but he's just checking on the bench. Checking, checking the bench. Yeah. Um, don't love that. I have, do you have anyone on the bench right now? No. They're on the field? No field players either. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the slate is clean after um we'll call him I'm gonna I'm gonna think of a name. Okay, yeah, it's gotta be right. Everybody needs pseudonyms. Absolutely. In this podcast. Except for Alex, that's his real name. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Alex. Sorry. Um so I'll come back to that story, but um Okay, so moving on from benching, we have our next phrase, which is cuffing season. Cuffing season is the period between early fall and late winter. So Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius season, when everyone starts to shack up with the nearest half-decent single person to ward off loneliness and cold during the cooler months. Cuffing season typically implied a short-term, mutually beneficial arrangement that's strictly seasonal. 
No, I don't think that's right. Do people say that? Yes. I've heard this phrase before when it's like, well, I've been starting relationships before in like maybe October and it's been very like lackluster and they're like, they're just trying to get in on cuffing season. And it's apparently like you're gearing up for the winter months when you need a little, a little cuddle bug. Yeah. And then you get dumped in spring because you're fresh for summer. Get a little wax. Interesting. You know, there is a uh, most babies are born in September on September sixteenth. That's the most common birthday, Ooh. and that's because of cuffing season. Because they're all making babies in December. Scandal. Mm-hmm. Shall we move on from cuffing yeah, season? Yes, let's move on. All right. The next one we have is curve. Do you know what this means? Curve. Curve. I want to say breaking up with someone or breadcrumbing them or ghosting them. Kind of. Getting curved as being rejected, shot down, turned Ooh. aside, said no to, dissed and dismissed. Yes, it sucks. When you get curved, you need to take a moment to properly absorb all of the no that just hit you. Oh. But there's also something beautiful to a well-done curve. It's a memento to failure, big and small, that you can carry around with you and just use to prop up or tear down narratives about your own dateability. I think I got curved by a paper airplane guy. Yeah, but he wasn't special. Right, I still got curved. Yeah, that's fair. I was going to say, I'm sure Chris curved lots of men. Oh, 100%. I, I do believe that. Curved them all. <laughs> that's why I'm never know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I would say I definitely – oh, I, t- I curved – Teeth guy. I told you about him. Oh, teeth guy. Yeah. Um, so I had, I'm going to chalk this up to being like one of the worst dates I have ever been on, um, which is saying something. Uh, so I met this guy and we decided to go get cupcakes at my favorite coffee shop slash, um, bakery. Um, and in Tennessee, when I was in Tennessee. And, um, so we get there and we're, you know, having a good time getting coffee, getting a little treat. And it turns into like dinner time. So I'm like, okay, I'm hungry. Now I've had all this sugar. Like I need something real to eat, obviously. Um, and so I learned that he, he didn't drive there, which is fine, but also like the city has no public transportation. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, do you want to go get a bite with me? And he was like, sure. Uh, and then, um, so I drove us both, which, it's looking back a disaster um, because you can get murdered. Uh, oh, and oh. then, so I just drove us down the street uh, to like a nearby eatery. We order food. Our food comes and he's just sitting there. And I'm like, aren't you hungry? And he's like, no, I don't like to eat in front of people. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to take it home for later. And I was like, okay. Okay. Um, and then we're, we continue talking and, uh, he stops me mid sentence, which rude. I hate being interrupted. And he just goes, you have fangs. And I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. He's what? watching me eat. I'm so, yeah. He was watching me eat and I was hungry. So I didn't care. And, um, I'm now going to have to post a photo for everyone. So they know that I don't indeed have fangs. Um, and he was like, you have really predominant canines. And I was like, 
okay. (laughs) And then, so we're just sitting there and we're having, you know, I'm finishing dinner. Can't say that we're having dinner together. And then, um, I'm finished Mm -hmm. and I only like half my meal. And he was like, Oh, can I take that home? He (laughs) takes home my leftovers and his leftovers. He now also needs a ride home. So of course, being the naive, yes, yes, and the like the naive twenty-something that I am, I was, uh, gave him a ride home, and uh, then he texted me the next day, and he was like, "I'd love to go out again. <laughs> um, like, when are you free?" And I just had to like, I harshly told him, "It's not going to work. It is. We have." very different um needs and wants and so and he was like could you tell me a little bit more about why (laughs) and I just did I was like yeah no um so yeah that was teeth guy and that was the one yeah I feel like I've done that to more people but not in a in a harsh way like that that guy was like "Uh -uh." wow how odd um but my my best friend at the time uh, was like, he was asking because he was studying you because he wanted to murder you and keep your teeth in a jar. And I was like, dodge a bullet there. Maybe he just felt awkward and it just slipped out. Oh, wait, but then the food thing happened. What was it that you ordered? Like a salad? I ordered a chicken salad sandwich with like nothing else. Mm, that sounds so good. It wasn't fancy. Hmm. Yeah. It was a it was a whole thing. He just wanted something your fangs touched. Yeah. <laughs> that is so weird. And also it's weird to like bring something home that has mayo in it and then take it home. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the next one, moving on from teeth guy. Uh we have cushioning. What is that? Cushioning. Cushioning is the process of staying in contact with one or more romantic prospects as a backup in case things don't go smoothly with your main squeeze. The cushions are kept on the periphery, uh, texting rather than full-blown cheating. Cushioning, keeping a person or several people around to cushion the blow if your main relationship doesn't work out. So it's kind of like benching. Mm-hmm. Love those cushions. Yeah, but it just... It's cushion. softer. <laughs> softer. Softer version of benching. Yeah, you're just staying in contact with people... Um, so that they're on the bench and ready in case things don't work out. And then you just talk to the bench, get them off the bench. I kind of, I kind of do that without like really realizing it. I will like, I don't know, make plans with people or just like vague plans with people. Like they'll be like, are you busy this weekend? And it's like close to the weekend. And I'm like, Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You know, or like we'll make plans for like Sunday afternoon and then I'll forget and it'll be like Monday. And it's not that I mean to like ghost them or, you know, bench them or whatever. I also have like a ton of anxiety around dating and I sometimes don't want to leave my house. So it's um, less about them and more about like my time Mm -hmm. and like how I'm feeling that day. Totally. What about you? Um, I don't think I would have enough time to have other people ready to cushion me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I, I, I don't understand how people have time to cheat or to have like multiple relationships. It seems exhausting. Mm-hmm. So is it a requirement? 
percussioning that you need to be in a relationship? No. Oh, okay. It's just about, I, I would say it's when you're like, I guess when you're online dating and you're talking to like more than one person at a time, I would, I would assume. Doesn't everyone do that? I, I do. Do of you not? Everyone does. Mm-hmm. And they're all just cushions. Just a pile of cushions. Yeah. Hmm. We're learning a lot. A lot. A ton to stick in our back pocket. We're going to be experts. I'm getting more confused. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eve. Um, so the next one we also all know, and but I want to talk about it, is the DTR conversation. So define the relationship obviously. Um, so that's the pivotal moment in any relationship. And it's the moment where you discuss what it is you are. Are you a for real couple? Are you just friends with benefits? Or are you in a situationship? Eek. Timing is huge here. Have your DTR too early and you risk scaring off the other person mm -hmm. too late. And you might discover they've been casually dating around the whole time, <gasps> assuming it wasn't serious. Okay. What are your thoughts about that? Okay, so every romantic comedy that I watched growing up never had a DTR. They just romantically fell in love. And in then like three days. Three days. And, and then one date. One amazing date. <laughs> it's kismet. Serendipity. The dogs fell in love. They fell in love. She got sick. He took care of her. He took care of her. And then they don't have a DTR. They just start dating. And everybody knows they're in a relationship and I just would love if they didn't have to define the relationship or I wouldn't have to have a DTR convo and I could just fall in love and it would be like we're both on the same page because we're so in love and it's easy and it's easy and it's like of course obviously we're in a relationship first date was amazing <laughs> yeah um I will say I've had a, a lot of amazing first dates um followed by utter catastrophe. Mm. So um, I would say, I don't know when the perfect time to have the, that, you know, discussion is, but I think that, you know, I think you feel it. I think that like for some, it happens like two or three weeks in mm -hmm. and for others, it's like maybe two months, three months. Yeah. Which kind of seems like a long time, but um, in adult world, two months is, nothing yeah he's got a full-time job yeah I was dating streaming for like a whole month and I found out he was gay oh <laughs> 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 yeah um so that's what we're gonna call him yeah you went to DTR and you learned something new yeah <laughs> you know um so you know can come with a little bit of catastrophe in itself or yeah. can be the start of something where you're on the same page like you said like we're like, of course we are. Yeah. Of course we're in a relationship. That would be the ideal DTR combo. Eve, did you have a DTR combo or did you magically fall in love? I did have a combo. <gasps> but at that point, we haven't told each other that we love each other. Yeah, I think DTR comes oh. before love. Mm -hmm. L-O-V-E. Yeah. So my DTR, I didn't initiate it. My now husband initiated it. And we were both in bed, and it was a long-distance relationship. So this was the second time he visited me. Okay. And we were both in bed, post-sex. He's holding me, oh. and he was like, are we exclusive? 
And I was in such a vulnerable position. How could I say no? Right, of course. <laughs> He's literally like holding you captive. <laughs> I said, no, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> but I he came okay. all the way to visit you. So it, it's like you had to say yes. I had a guy come visit me once. This is uh, a little less romantic. Um, I went to Seattle. Okay. And I was talking to this guy who didn't live in my city. Let's call him Albuquerque. Okay. Because uh, he's from Albuquerque. <laughs> and he flew up uh, the same time I was in Seattle because he wanted to. He wanted that to be our first meetup. And I was like, okay, I didn't ask you, but that's fine. Uh, you're welcome to go to the, the city. And um, so we meet up and it is very different in real life. He looks... You know how sometimes like people look kind of like their profile, but you meet them in real life and you're like, you're a little less good looking and you're a little more short. Yeah. A little shorter. Um, So that happened. And then it was like the most awkward, like three days of meeting up that I've ever experienced. And I think that like what's hard about when people come to meet you in a place where you are that is not where they live um, or even like, you know, on vacation and they, they fly to meet you. Um, it takes a lot of effort to do that. And so it puts a lot of pressure on, well, in that situation, I felt a lot of pressure because I felt like he, he did all of this work to come in and meet me. Mm-hmm. And then it just didn't happen. Like it just was awkward. It was, um, very strange and very um, sort of like discombobulating to sort of match the person I had come to know with a person who wasn't real, right, essentially, because he um, looked kind of like he did and, and, you know, whatever, like you can fall in love with a personality, but he was so different from the person that I um, came to know and really like, uh, in person. And so that is also somebody I feel like was benching me for a long time and would yeah. cut, like circle back and be like, Hey, what are you doing? So, Oh my God, that is so stressful. Mm-hmm. I'm sweating. Yeah. It, it was a lot, but, um, that was another person I like, I called him out, um, which way to go mid twenties, Kate, yeah, um, who wasn't, you know, a pro at setting boundaries yet, but, um, this was somebody I like talked with every day. And then all of a sudden, um, he like ghosted me entirely <gasps> and circled back so many, so many terms I'm including here, yeah. um, with this one relationship, uh, he circled back about two months later and just said, Hey, how are you doing? It's been a while. And I just was like, I'm not having this. Like, right. you know, like you intentionally didn't message me after you like you came to meet me and and everything. And I at that point, you know, even though it was awkward and weird, I was still having a hard time sort of adjusting my mindset towards this person that I really came to like versus like who he was in real life. And yeah, it it didn't work out, but that's okay. Ugh. What was the word? Um. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. define the relationship. Yes, all that to say, uh, we did, and I said no. <laughs> yes, yeah. I curved him. Yes, all the things in that one story. 
All right. So we're going to move on a little bit to uh, emojis. Um, Yes. So I, for a long time, didn't know what certain emojis meant. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You thought you wanted to cook eggplant with you? Yeah. And so I want you to talk a little bit about particular emojis. Okay. The eggplant emoji. There are other sex emojis. A peach. The peach. A big butt. Water drops. Wetness bang on your tastes or ejaculate notably uh but the eggplant emoji is doubtless the most subject most suggestive why well peach and water are actually used in other contexts but <laughs> when was the last time you needed to use an eggplant emoji to signify eggplant yeah never i mean sometimes do you not cook eggplant i love eggplant. Uh, yeah i love eating eggplant Sometimes you need to describe the color. Uh, we should normalize using the eggplant emoji in everyday life. We should. Put it on merch. Yes, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, have it, So have you used any other emojis that are not like Peach. this sort of known ones? Wet. Like- um, it's pretty known, the finger pointing. And the oh. Finger doing the oh. Super sign. What do you call it? Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. And maybe even a donut. Oh, donut. pointing in a right? donut. Like a... <laughs> Is that not a thing? There are all these new emojis too, but I feel like the, nothing too. if you had a finger in a donut, that means anal. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't think you're wrong. You're right. Just educating the masses here. I'm just looking through the emojis just to see if anything. I like to use works. the um, the big eyes. That sort of looks sideways. He sends you your eggplant and you send him the big eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And then I I use um to flirt, I use the upside down uh, smiley face a lot. Oh yeah, it's like whatever. Just mm-hmm. like a upside down smiley. <laughs> I'm a smiley face, but chill. Oh, peace sign. Oh. What does that mean? Peace. Peace sign is vagina. What? I've never seen that before. V? I don't know. I guess. Um, taco, vagina. Hot dogs, penis. Now they're just making shit up. Banana donut. <laughs> <laughs> Put the banana in the donut. Tongue, taco, sweat drops. I don't know. I would think like we're going to get tacos. <laughs> and we're just really excited about it. What do you use, Chris? Um, oh, wait. I like this one. Mouth, eggplant, firework emoji. Blowjob, right? I don't know. Oh. She's just making Waving it. peach smiley face with horns. Hmm. Admission ticket, woman dancing, eyes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like a riddle. It is. It's like, um, what is that game you used to play when you were a kid? Where you had to figure out. Yes. The- this is reminding me of a game. Like the different, yeah, the different um, symbols meant something. It was a fun riddle. Snake tulip, baguette honey pot, heart <laughs> bone. <laughs> There's so many great ones. A honey pot. Baguette honey pot. Uh, I think the baguette honey pot will be my new go-to. I like it. It's a riddle. And if no one has seen it before, they'll be like, are we having honey and bread? Love it. It can mean so many things. And all of them are fun. Yeah. It's like if you figure it out, then 
you win. Yeah. Or maybe they think like go to the grocery store and get honey and bread mm-hmm. before you come over. And then you have honey and bread. Honey bread. Win-win. Mm-hmm. Honey bread. Love it. We should normalize it. Yeah. We should use the honey pot emoji more. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. All the time. I have literally never used that. Love it. I never used the baguette and I'm French. According I mean, to 23 me. I feel like you're missing out. I know. On okay. incorporating your heritage. Okay. Right. Baguette is the new eggplant emoji for me. So if I just send, if <laughs> you're like, you have how big your, dick energy. <laughs> if you're like, how is your date? And I just send you the baguette emoji, you'll know what that means. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So moving on, we have another one. I feel like we're not going to get all through all of these in a reasonable amount of time. But alas, let's go to fire dooring, which is the date version of the one way fire door. What's first, the one-way fire door? First of all, I would like to interrupt and ask, yeah, I have no idea. What is a one-way fire door? I have no idea. Like an exit? The, an exit door, maybe? Like you can't re-enter after you go out an exit door. Okay, an exit door. Yeah. That's what we'll say it is. Yeah, like you're in a stairwell and it's like you can't go out this door because you can't get back in. Yeah. What does it mean? Okay. On rare occasions, someone will come out of their shell to contact you, but won't respond if you attempt to get in touch. It's a setup that only works in deeply unequal situations. If you're getting frustrated, you're consist- you're constantly rather feeling frustrated and only occasionally satisfied. If this is happening to you, get out and close the door behind you. There are tons of people out there who won't do this to you. Wait, what? Why am I so confused by this? What does the door have to do with it? I feel like it, what it's saying is like you can only talk to this person when they initiate. Oh, got it. There's oh, you can only go out. You can't come in. I feel like that's like dating somebody with social anxiety, right? Oh my god, I love this word now. I came full circle. This totally makes sense. Yeah, I right? felt that feeling where it's like they can open the door for you, but you can't open the door. Yeah. I know I'm just explaining it. And again. it's like, again, don't, don't. <laughs> why not? You could always shoot your shot. Could you just send a message? Well, I think it's saying that, like, the they won't respond. Closed. There's no way in. Yeah. They're banging on the door and they're not opening it. I feel like it's very similar to, like, some of the other terms that we've gone through. I don't know what stonewalling is, but maybe it's similar. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Google it later. That's not really juicy to me. Get to something juicy. Okay. Okay. Ooh. Freckling. Freckling is the opposite of cuffing season. So just as cooler temperatures bring out cuffing season and associated coupling up, warmer temperatures change people's dating behaviors. If someone only seems interested in you during the warmer months, it might be a case of freckling. They're not looking for anything serious or permanent. So just like freckles, they'll disappear come fall. I wish my freckles disappeared in fall. Um, I just grow more. Same. I have a freckling story. So I dated a guy. We'll call him Jack. He um, was like a friend of a friend. Super cute. And we started seeing each other in the summer. And he didn't have AC. So he always came to my place. And then... I don't remember what happened, but it just kind of fizzled. Um, it wasn't like a fire door situation. It just kind of like fizzled come fall and the freckles <laughs> faded. <laughs> and then, but I'm not mad at it. Like it seemed like a nice 
ending. Then the next summer, he texted me again. Sup? And I was like, oh my God, he's using me for my AC. (laughs) (laughs) So that was my freckling story. Yeah, that's good. At least it was like productive use of your time, like on his part. Yeah. Like he was like, I want to kill two birds with one stone (laughs) kind of sitch. Totally. He was so nice too. Okay, so we're this next one we've all heard of, but let's talk about it. Ghosting. Ghosting is when you disappear out of someone's life because you're no longer interested in them instead of telling them directly. It's more abrupt than breadcrumbing. Good to know. I love when we reference other words. The ghoster will suddenly stop replying to texts and won't answer calls. And the ghostee is left hurt and confused. Hmm. I will also say that there's an accompaniment to this called haunting. Mm. And this is when you think that you finished things with a date that didn't work out or even a serious relationship, but then you notice signs that your ex is lurking your social media feeds. Mm -hmm. They randomly like old Instagram pics or they watch your daily stories. And often the notifications are a deliberate attempt to remind you that they exist. So ghosting being that they entirely disappear, haunting being that they haunt you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so have you been haunted? Um, or ghosted? Well, haunted, maybe, I can't think of any specific examples. Um, I guess I've haunted people. I've ghosted them, felt bad about it, and then liked their photos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to answer your call, but I'll like your photo. Yeah. I'll give you those likes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've definitely ghosted, like, pretty much everyone I've ever dated. That's that's believable because you, <laughs> you don't like confrontation. No. It's hard. But now that we're friends, you can break up with people for me. Yeah. So if you ever date Chris, you know that the, the words are coming from me, but they're from her heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I would say uh, – so I – okay. I ghosted this guy once. I didn't mean to, but like – okay, maybe I kind of meant to. So I, I was talking with him and a couple other guys, and I was like de- – debating on if I like really liked him or not, you know, like sometimes you do um, enough to like, I have to really like you to like want to meet with you in person. <laughs> um, especially now. Cause like I like my free time yeah. and um, I have so little of it. And so I was going to meet up with him. And then I found out that my roommate knew him. My roommate at the time knew him mm-hmm. and she was like, oh my God, he's so boring. I went to high school with him and like, he's so weird. And I was already having a lot of anxiety about dating at the time and meeting new people. And so I like canceled our date. And I, and I, I will also say I was in a situationship at the time too, that was like completely open. Um, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother podcast. But, um, I, so I canceled our date long, long story, a little less long. And then, um, I was just kind of like, I'm, I'm not ready to date right now yeah. um, sort of situation, which at the time was very true. And so then I matched with him again because he was always on the dating apps. And I matched with him again, tried to make plans. And he like called me out for ghosting him. And I apologized. I was like, I, I totally did that. Like, And we were friends on social media. Don't become friends with people until you start dating with them. Oh my God, I, good that's to know. A, that's, a, that's something I would recommend. And then um, – he called me out for ghosting him. I apologize. 
you know, told him kind of the story, thought things were fine. We made plans. And then he ghosted me. I was reverse ghosted. Revenge ghosted. I was revenge ghosted. But in the meantime of all of that, he haunted me Um. and just was like, he would like all my photos. He would try to slide into my DMs, like all of these different things. And so I thought he was really interested and I was willing to give him a chance. And then Mm -hmm. boom, ghosted. So was he nice though on the date? He was fine. Fine. Okay. So I think it's fine that that ended. Yeah. Plus he was weird in high school. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Weren't we all? I think we all Except for Eve. She was cool. Yeah, totally. Eve comes from a whole different place. Whole different game. Okay. I want you to talk about this one. Kitten fishing. Kitten. Coined by dating app. Hinge, kitten fishing, is when you portray yourself in an unrealistically positive light in your online dating profiles. Like that guy from Seattle. Yeah. Albuquerque. Albuquerque, right. We all do this to some extent, but kitten fishing crosses the border into dishonest territory. Think Photoshop or very outdated profile pics, or listing lawyer as your occupation when you're really a first-year law student. Hmm. Yes. Um, I would say, and I was just talking to Therabeth about this. Yes. Um because we still keep in touch. Yeah. And um, big part of my life. And uh, so what she was saying, she is she's a have, has, a phrase she also coined the term, so shout out to Therabeth, um, have, have kids, okay. So has been married, has, like have kids. So a has, have, I said it wrong. Has, have, has, have. Yeah, that's what we're going to say. And then, um, so she was like, Men in their 40s, if they're on dating apps, will use pictures from being in their 30s. And I would say that even now about men in their 30s, like either early, mid, or late, will use obvious pictures from the yesteryear. Like, yes. Have you ever met up with somebody in real life and you were like, you are not the same? Yes, but... I think you have this image of people when you see their photos and then when you meet them, they come to life and they have like mannerisms. And so it's like, you're putting together everything, but I've never met anybody where I'm like, Oh, hell no. I've been kitten fished. (laughs) Um, But I'm wondering it. I'm wondering if I'm kitten fishing. How's my profile? No, I think your profile's amazing. Okay. I I want to put kitten fishing on a shirt. I I feel like it needs to be on merch. Uh, It's such a delightful phrase for such a a mean thing to do to somebody else. Totally. I mean, the opposite would be like you you show photos that are too realistic and then you look better in person. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Right? Wouldn't that be weird? Like you just want to be equal. Yeah. To your photos. Um, But then have a great personality. Do you use photos from like a year or two years, like, have you used, like, recent photos? These these are my photos. I mean, they're, like, Mm recent-ish. Um. Yeah. Yeah. You 100% look like that. Thank you. Okay. Maybe I'll make a joke about kitten fishing on my Hinge profile. Like, you're not being kitten fished? Yeah, and then they stop and think, and they're like, oh. But am I? (laughs) Yeah. 
I would say, okay, so I feel like it's not as much um, a physical attribute thing, but more a personality thing. I'll like click with somebody, they'll be super witty and like on the app or mm-hmm. through texting or even phone calls sometimes. And then you meet them in person and you're like, where, where did all that charisma go? Where did your gumption go? Yes. Like you're very flat yeah. and um, ha- hard to have a conversation with. Yeah, I'm sure there's a term for that, but it's like when you have a better relationship via text than in person. That's why it's so important, hypothetically, to meet in person right away. Yes. But you know how I'll take a screenshot if – well, I, I don't know. I haven't done this lately, but like you could take a screenshot when people send you a text and then you send it to a group text and you're like, what do I re- reply with? Totally. So maybe he's doing that and he has funnier friends. <gasps> yeah. And you've been kittenfished, but it's like who are his friends that were helping him write these texts? I feel like that's a rom-com movie. Yes. Two people. Or maybe Hallmark. Rom-com. Rom-com. The friends are helping set up the two people and they're helping them with all their texts and then they actually fall in love with each other. Yeah. Name that movie. Wait. This is a real movie? I I would assume so. It feels like a very similar plot line. If not, we should write that movie together. Absolutely. It's called Kittenfished. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned. Um, okay. So another one, this one is called lockering. This is new to me. I've never heard of it. If you've ever experienced someone ditching you by claiming they're studying when in fact, they're just not interested, what you have felt was lockering. Mm. I've a hundred percent done this to somebody, not necessarily because, uh, I didn't like them. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm a PhD student for those of you who don't know me, which is all of you. Um, And sometimes I will get so overwhelmed with things that I have to be doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, do I really have time to go meet this person that I don't know yet? Right. Um, To study. And I do. I always have to study. So it's not technically a lie, but sometimes it like may feel like a lie to people. Like I had to, I guess. (laughs) Sorry. uh, (laughs) Snorted, but I'm not lying, but sometimes it might feel like a lie (laughs) to people. Um, I love that. Well, I think, you know, you tell people sometimes, like I, um, I was supposed to have a phone call with a guy like right now. (gasps) And, um, I knew that this would take a little bit longer. And so I texted him, I was like, can we move it? And I know that he was like, that's a total fucking lie. You have to record a podcast. Like, that's not a real story. That's so not a real thing. Oh and my gosh. Um, Wait, is this a guy you're dating? This is a guy that is what do you call it when like you just start talking to somebody? What what did we say that was? I'm gonna call it floating. Whoa, I love it. I'm making it up as I go. Yeah. Just he's floating. Okay. I may be interested. He may be interested. We may mm-hmm. make it work. Yeah, he's on the bench. Yeah. Loading on the bench. Good job. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and then can I talk about the next one too? Yeah. Okay. So this is, this is also a thing that cults do. This is called love bombing. And I've done a lot of research on cults and it is fascinating. Um, so love bombing is when a new partner shows extreme amounts of affection early on and expends serious energy and a deliberate attempt to woo you. Um, and then, of course, once you've committed to a relationship with them, the love bomber will withdraw all that affection and just kind of let their true self shine, which may not be as good. It's kind of manipulative and sometimes can be abusive. That's why it's culty. Whoa. Um, interesting. I'm, I want to defend love 
bombers for a second. <laughs> I, I just feel like sometimes you get really excited about something and it's new and you're True. really into it. And then the dust settles and you're kind of like, eh. Yeah. Like, oh I'll my God, you're not crazy. This is so exciting. I really like you. But it's called bombing. is like purposefully to manipulate the other person. I agree okay. with that. Because okay. I think okay. that there's a difference in love bombing versus infatuation, which I think more so is what you're talking okay. about. Great. And I think that it's like, there's equality in infatuation. Equality? Equality. Yes. Um, there's not in love bombing. Love bombing is... Do you think the love bomber knows that they're love bombing? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Because I think it's purposefully manipulative. Like a cult mm-hmm. that just woos you in. Yes. And then all yes. of a sudden you're like, Yes. I've been in a cult. Yeah. Firefest. <laughs> Firefest. Fire Scientology. Yeah. Any multi-level marketing company? Yep. Okay, I think we just have time for one or two more. And okay. so um, I, f- I feel like let's – I'm going to let you find the next one that you want to – Okay, this is a weird word. Um, oh, pie hunting. Okay. I thought pie it was hunting. way dirtier than it is. <laughs> same, same, same. As you probably deduced, pie hunting is an unsavory dating phenomenon in which a person – why would I have just – deduce that i did not deduce that um okay in which a person the hunter deliberately dates pies or heartbroken vulnerable people with messy dating histories who are perceived to be easier and low maintenance so many questions <laughs> why, why would someone heartbroken be low maintenance why would someone okay anyways because they're desperate because pie, they're heartbroken yeah they're just like a low maintenance pie i guess oh because they're messy like pies are messy mm-hmm. okay a pie is a person with a disastrous dating history. Familiar with rejection and heartbreak, it comes from pied off, British slang for being stood up or dumped. Okay, that makes sense. Ooh. This has nothing to do with pies, really. Or maybe it does have to do with pies originally. Um, maybe it's the number. Pies. Yeah, maybe it's the number pie. Oh. Um, okay, they're just like a messy apple pie with all their history. Delicate. Yeah. Okay, the example is Dave only ever dates divorcees. He's a real pie hunter. A pie hunter. Pie hunting. It seems to be more about men hunting pie women. Um, And we're not pies. No. Can't really. I really thought it was like sex oriented. Pie hunter. (laughs) Maybe it makes more sense with the British accent. Pie hunter. Okay, I feel like there's a lot of bug terminology here. So I'm the last one I'm gonna read to you is called roaching, and it's a new dating trend. So here you go. It's where people hide the fact that they're dating around from a new partner, and when confronted, claim to have simply been under the assumption that there were no, there was no implication, absolutely no implication of monogamy to begin with. In today's more poly-friendly dating culture, this is a slick tactic to shift the blame to the person confronting them. But the truth is, it's both parties' responsibility to at least be, you know, open about what's what their relationship is. So having a, a DTR early on um, and being open about seeing other people, if that's the case. And so roaching, as a result, is deeply messed up. Can I hear it in a sentence? Yes, you may. Let's find an example. 
so it turned out he'd been seeing like six other girls the whole time. Damn, Tina, you just got roached. <laughs> Sorry, Tina. Sorry, Tina. Um, you got roached. You got roached. <laughs> you got roached. Uh, I want to start saying that. Can that be on merch too? I think it would be funnier with a southern accent. Damn, Tina. Tina, you got roached. Damn, Tina, you got roached. <laughs> it's funnier. It's a little funny. Um, what is your favorite out of those? Kittenfished. Kittenfished. I like it. What's yours? Ugh. I think. Uh, I don't know. I think. Um, I do like kittenfished, but I'm gonna say haunting. Yeah. I think it sounds so like. It's just so funny to me. It's so fitting too. Yeah. Like someone who's dead to you. Just, <laughs> just liking he, He's yeah. lurking, a lurker, but it's funnier. It's funnier to say. Um, is the Taylor Swift song Haunted about someone who haunted her? I don't know. I'm haunted. I'll have to re listen to it and see. Yeah. So many questions. And wow. so thank you for sticking in with those lists and lists of terminology. And if you have any terminology that uh, we did not talk about, um, feel free to email us at neverknowpod at gmail.com. Yes. Thank you for tuning in. Bye.